This is the greatest hour to follow Jesus. Uh, this one's for Lou. I was wondering if you could please expound on, um, you know, how dreams and visions, you know, from God, you know, have correlated in your ministry, how important it is to really steward God's voice in the prophetic dreams and visions yeah. and such as this, if you don't mind. Yeah, yeah. And thank you for that question. Yes, yes. That's a sweet spot. Yeah. You know, the last day's language of the Holy Spirit is dreams. That's right. We we, we said, well, it was just a dream. What do you mean, just a dream? Who knows what angels had to fight through to, to break into your world? To give you their thoughts and you just say it's just a dream. I think the church needs to stop saying it's just a dream. I mean, what if every teenager had a destiny dream? When they were a kid that would hold them in their teenage years because they're just, they don't know who they are. We need, this is the language and the culture of heaven. And so our whole world, actually, our whole world is dream. We we got this quote, if you hang around the dream king, you get into a dream stream. You join yourself to a dream team, and you do the Martin Luther King thing. Every... Every dream is a potential movement. Sometimes we get a dream, we think it's just for us. I talked to Todd today. He just adopted a child, a a baby. Came out of a heroin, um, parents or whatever it was. And immediately I thought, Todd, I see hundreds and hundreds of thousands of babies being adopted because of your story. Because... A dream is like a seed. And you stick with that dream long enough, it becomes a tree. And you influence the world. I'll maybe tell a little bit about that story. But this is, in many ways, the call was born out of a dream I had with Benny Hinn. I'm starting to rock. Dreams, dreams are so profound, they give you divine intelligence. I get the dream. It gives you the secrets for deliverance. The inner heal, you get inner healing in your dreams. I had a dream once. I was wailing in this dream singing. When I find you, I find healing. God was healing me in a dream. You all know this. And the more you treat it as holy, the more you get. He who has, more shall be given. So our whole ministry, actually, every, almost every day we meet together, we say, do we have a dream? And because we do stuff with our dreams, rather than saying it's just a dream, we treat them as smart bombs. As intercessory assignments that change the world. So the call was began, began in many ways, with a, a dream of Benny Hinn. And... 
And what happened was, uh, in 2003, uh, I had started something called Pasadena for Christ. And, and the first day I started this full-time, um, I, got invi- I was invited to speak to a group of Taiwanese kids, high school group up in the mountains. And uh, the first night, the presence of the Lord was very strong. You could feel people just weeping and kids. And that night, these kids came to me and they said, Hey, we want to do an all-night prayer meeting. I said, cool. So the kids prayed and the preacher slept. And I have a dream, though, because God loves me. And he gives to his beloved in his sleep. Come on. Why should we waste a third of our lives without the language of heaven bombarding us? Seriously. And in this dream, I'm on stage with Benny Hinn. And Benny Hinn says, Lou, you're done with the ministry. So I step down off the stage, but I'm filled with joy. I wake up thinking that is really a pizza dream for sure. I mean, what is that? Benny Hinn. I never even had met Benny Hinn. So... The next morning, I I remember having the message that would bring revival. (laughs) It didn't work out. It worked out according to the dream. So right before I get up to preach, suddenly one of these high school kids stands up and starts to prophesy. And the Holy Spirit invades the place. And kids, this is 2003, pre-Toronto. Everyone is being slain in the spirit, laughing, shaking. I'm thinking this is so rude. I didn't get a preach. And I'm saying, literally for two hours, I'm sitting there thinking, this, what is going on? Because I was not Pentecostal. I had no idea what this stuff was. And... Finally, I just left, and I went to my cabin and laid down and said, what was that? And the Lord brought the dream back to me. Benny Hinn wrote a book called The Anointing. When the anointing comes, you're done with the ministry, but it's a joyful occasion. (laughs) Here's the deal. Here's the deal. The deal is this. God spoke to me. This will never be about your preaching. It's what I'll do when kids pray. Little did I know those kids were the Christian club leaders in in, in their high schools. They begin to invite me and prayer begins to break out among the high schooler kids. Little did I realize that that would be the beginning of a movement called the call. It started with a dream about Benny Hinn and the power of kids praying and revival comes when people pray. Not, and it all started with a dream. Come on. Yeah. Wow. Thank you for the question. Wow. Wow. Wow, wow, wow. So let me teach you this. We've started a whole movement called Bound for Life for the ending of abortion. We're really in a critical moment in America. I think adoption is going to explode across America. I think right now we are in a window of time. We're at a window of time for a shifting in this thing right now. 
It all started, and, I, and then I'll get on this thing, but I get, I get excited about it. You, you hang around the dream king. If you, if, if you hang around Jesus, you're going to get dreams. You just, and you ask for all the time. If you hang around, you join yourself to a dream team. The dreams that he gives to is too big for you to fulfill. You've got to have a team living. I would rather, rather than just having dreams myself, I would like to create a dream community around me. Give permission to the people in your fellowship and church to dream dreams and give them access to you because housewives can change the whole world if they got a big mouth telling the dream. God gave us a series of dreams that we had to walk the trail of tears with the natives, if we were going to deal with the issue of abortion, I, can, I, I won't go into the story, but it's amazing how this unfolded. A young man fasted for four years at Daniel Fast, no meats, no sweets, and dreams of thousands of people in D.C. with a piece of life tape on their mouths with the word life. You've probably seen those. We did that 12 years ago, January. We stood there in front of that Supreme Court, and we've been standing there for 12 years because it was brilliant wisdom. Because nobody can argue with silence. In fact, the National Organization for Women Leaders said this is brilliant strategy. Why? It's silent prayer for those who have no voice. The media took it up and blasted it all over the world. They don't like what we stand for, but they're actually promoting the movement because we got authority over the media by divine revelation. Put a piece of life tape on our mouths, as simple as that, praying, put a life band on, because of a dream, I've pondered this, what if, when we stood there in front of the Supreme Court 12 years ago, what if I thought that that life tape dream was just a pizza dream? Most people would not have done something like that, but I believed it was God. Sometimes we need to really soberly look at our dreams and, find, and, and, and take each symbol and polish them and say, what are they saying? Because there's a treasure of revelation hidden but wanting to be found. Come on. It's stunning. Oh, in fact, let me just pray for you right now because wherever I go, I pray for people to get dreams. Is that okay? One time a lady came to me. She says, I've never... Spoken tongues, and I've never had a dream. I said, okay, let's pray. Lord, give her a dream and have her speak in tongues. She came back the next week. I said, do you have a dream? She, yes, she had a dream. I was speaking in tongues, and I woke up speaking in tongues. <laughs> Lift your hands, and I'm going to pray. God, loose the dream language of heaven on the community of heaven on earth. In Jesus' name, release dreams. I want you to reach up. You don't have to feel it. I receive in the name of Jesus, we receive, we expect to hear the voice of God. Raise up a whole new level of prophets because we've treated this thing as holy. We begin to tap into a whole new dimension of wisdom and revelation. In the name of Jesus, come on, let's shout to God for that. Amen. You may be seated. Todd for wow man you know as Lou was talking about this dream team thing I Lou we've had many conversations about 
coming together to win the world. Different streams and generations. None of us carry the fullness, the full spectrum of the face of Jesus. But if we come together, the nations will bow their knee to Jesus. And I think you're seeing this here. I think this is a prophetic moment. Todd, for Bill, please. He wanted to ask you about the frog in the toilet that Jesse filmed. Oh, sorry. You, you didn't know she posted that. Todd, for Bill, please. I've cried more in the last few days than I have in my whole life. <laughs> Anybody else? Like, this has been ridiculous, huh? I so honor all of you. Amazing. I've been touched by all of your ministries. Lifted off the ground, thrown through the air. Thank you, Pastor Benny. <clears throat> I just, uh, I, guess, I guess my question is, I, I mean, I know for all of us, uh, and for me personally, I'm, I'm content with who Jesus says I am. I'm content with knowing that I'm God's child. I'm content with being forgiven and being loved by my Father. It's my number one priority. You know, it says to be content and, and to not be satisfied. But I don't even know if I can use that word. Because I've, I've pressed into, over the last 12 years, pressing into hungering and thirsting for righteousness, but never letting earnestly desiring and hungering and thirsting for God to touch and manifest who he is to touch the world around us. How do I, I don't, I don't even know how to say it. How do I, how do I be more hungry? I need help. I need help in how do I, how do I become more hungry? And could you, all of you lay your hands on me and no, could you? I just, I, I, I'm so serious about that. But, but, I, but how do I? said we all have How do I? Yeah, but again, how do I? I find myself crying out for hunger. Then I'm in a place. I'm like, God, I, I don't even know if this is. I just need help. Sorry. No. In the natural, you get hungry by not eating. In the kingdom, you get hungry by eating. You taste and see. And what you eat has this strange combination of effects. It satisfies, it makes me more hungry. And it's not complicated. You remain thankful for what God's given you. Because if you're not stewarding what he's given you well, you're not ready for what he wants to release. So there has to be a thankfulness, a celebration. Not, uh, oftentimes people call their frustration hunger. People often call their frustration with, with their need for more. They call it hunger, but it's actually unbelief. So partaking of the Lord himself, his purposes, 
helps us to realize this is all by grace. I didn't earn any of it. I remain thankful. But I also know he's ruined me for anything less than what I have. And so there's a hunger created for the more. And it's living that combination of thankfulness and hunger by eating that I think takes us into the greater breakthroughs. Wow. Amazing. Amazing. Eric for Pastor Benny. Let let me let me uh, just go with Bill, but a different just a little different thing. I have found that fasting. (laughs) No. That fasting. It's interesting. There was a book called Atomic Power Through Prayer and Fasting, and he had a little he had a a little diagram of food hunger, greed. And lost. But the big circles. And then a little circle called the spirit. That in fasting you feed the spirit man. And it actually shuts down some of these other circles. I have found that in fasting we actually we find God in such ways. That I wish I could always be fasting. I know that sounds religious, but I want to just say that I believe it is a gift when we, to desire the bread from heaven. Anyway, I thought I'd put that one in there next to you, Bill. I would rather eat. Uh, Pastor Benny, in all the years that you've served the Lord, what has been the number one thing you have seen take out ministers? Take ministers out of the ministry, you mean? Take them out of, you know. Well, wow. Are you ready for the answer, though? (laughs) I asked Oral Roberts that question. I don't know if I want to talk about what he said, but you asked me. Can you handle it, though? You know, some of these questions you ask, I think, forgive me, but some of the answers need to be given to you privately. No, no, it's okay. I will answer it partially. Because when Oral and I talked, and we have many talked, we have, we've had many talks together, I, I looked at Oral and Catherine Kuhlman and Rex Humbert as the greatest of the charismatic move. In fact, in my opinion, Catherine Kuhlman had the greatest healing ministry since the days of the apostles. And Oral, I did not, I've never met Catherine. Catherine knew about me, of course, from her staff. And after her death, to my shock and surprise and honor, I was asked to conduct her memorial service, 1977, in Pittsburgh. And that's when I became heavily involved with them, and I ministered for the the Kuhlman ministry for four years. Learned a lot about Miss Kuhlman herself. I don't know if I should go 
if I should go there, but I can tell you this. Maggie Hartner, who worked with Miss Schumann, told me, uh, have, you, have you seen uh, Dry Land, Living Waters movie? Oh, my Lord. Vegas. Vegas uh, Miss Co- Catherine allowed one service to be taped. That was in Las Vegas, Nevada, 1975. When the mayor of Las Vegas declared the, a Catherine Kuhlman day in Las Vegas, Nevada, which was amazing. And she held her only service that she knew was taped. Others were taped without her knowledge, especially maybe Senna. Oral used to, used to tell me they would hide the cameras and tape her. But um, we would watch that movie be, uh, before I would preach. We, we went to the largest churches and auditoriums in the country from uh, 77 till 81. And I would always minister after they would show the film. And one day, I'll never forget this, Maggie is sitting in the back. Soldiers and Sailors Auditorium, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, Northside. Never forget that. And as I'm sitting in the back next to Maggie, now Maggie was Catherine Kuhlman's right-hand lady who was with her for years. She looks at me, she says, and she's weeping now. She, and they, all these women had very long fingers. She points her long finger. She, she points a very long finger at the screen. She says, she was my life, Benny. She was my life. Now, I was 24 years old when all this happened. Huh? And I still see it like it was yesterday. She said, she was my life, Benny. She was my life. And then she said, but before she died, she lost her mind. I was shocked. I didn't know what to say to her. I did not know how to respond. Then I asked Oral. I did not want to ask Maggie. I was scared. I didn't know what she'd say. I didn't want to, you know, you're young and you're not sure how to respond to this woman who just told you that Catherine lost her mind. I said, dear God, you know, because to me, Catherine Kuhlman was, forgive me, at that time in my life, next to God himself, you know. So I asked Oro. I said, Maggie told me such, such, such. And this was five years before he died, which was just a few years back, really. And Oral and, and I would get together at least once a week. He was my neighbor, not far from where I lived. And uh, I said, what happened to Catherine? Well, Benny... She died of a broken heart. I said, why? Betrayed. By who? He told me. I won't tell you who he said it was. He said, betrayal is what destroyed her. She could not handle being betrayed. And she became a very angry woman. And then he said, God took her home before she could do any damage to his work. I said, how do you know that, Doc? I always called him Doc. He said, I know it, Benny. I asked Rex Humbert, because Rex and I were very, very close for many years, said the same thing. 
I believe God took Miss Kuman out to protect his people because she was so influential. But then I, in another visit, not, not the same time, I just happened to ask Oral, I said, uh, have you ever met Branham? Oh, yes. Have you met A.A. A. Allen? Yeah. Have you been to their meetings? No. I said, would you mind telling me about them? Tell me how I wished I had a camera with me in those meetings. You know what I want to do for these young people? I did the only three-hour interview alone with Oral. I asked them every question I could think about. I want to give it to you guys. I am getting to love Bill Johnson big time. <laughs> wow. You too. Oh, I love you lots, yeah. Well, no, because I think you need to watch this interview. Because I talked to him about the pain he experienced when he lost his son and his daughter. Which very few people even knew that happened to him. And, um, <clears throat> but here's what he said to me in that minute, and I can share this with the people. I, I'm going to tread very carefully here. I said, uh, Doc, I said, why is it that these men, like Branham, thought he was Elijah? Why did A.A. Allen die in San Francisco and they say he used to drink? Well, he said, there's questions about this. I said, well, but that's what we hear. Is it true, not true? And he himself did not know all the facts. He told me so. But then, he said, he said, let me tell you about other preachers. As I was interested in Branham, like, what happened to Branham? Why did Branham think it was Elijah? Such things. Why did this happen to A? Why did this happen to others? Well, now, Benny... Let me tell you what I know about the anointing, was his answer. And this should answer your question. I wish you hadn't asked me that. <laughs> he said, the anointing, when God anoints you for service, that anointing magnifies everything in you. Intensifies everything in you. He says, notice that when people are under that anointing for ministry... And he did, at that time, also talk about the difference between the one in your spirit and on you. He said, when that anointing comes on you, you become very loud. I said, yeah. You become intense. I said, absolutely. He said, it affects you, you emotionally. I said, yes, it does. He said, also, it intensifies everything in you, good and bad. He said, if a man is living in sin, that anointing brings it to the surface. It kind of stirs it up. It, that anointing stirs up the good and the bad in people. What's well, true? He said, the reason they fall is because they don't understand these people with, the, with those weaknesses. He said, we all have weaknesses. He said, if we don't deal with those weaknesses, they, they, they will destroy us eventually. But he said, with these preachers that don't deal with their problems, 
He says, under that anointing, it stirs that problem up. He said, the problem is they need to pray more after God uses them than before he uses them. And when they don't pray and spend time with the Lord after the service, that's, he said, when they fall. So he said, the greatest have fallen after their greatest moments with God. He said, that's why they need to spend time with Jesus after the service more than they spend before the service. He said, most of them pray before God uses them, never pray after God uses them. So my answer to you, pray after God uses you. He'll keep you safe. It's amazing. Amazing. Thank God for oral who taught, who told me this. That's what he said to me. Wow. So it's amazing, huh? So precious. To get daily teaching from Michael and to follow our event schedule around the world, please follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Be sure to subscribe to the Jesus Image TV YouTube channel as well. By partnering with Jesus Image, you will help us take the saving and healing power of Jesus to the world. Your giving changes lives forever. For more information, please visit us online at JesusImage.tv or write us at Jesus Image, P.O. Box 950-640, Lake Mary, Florida, 32795. Thank you for your prayers and financial support. Jesus is the answer for every life, everywhere.